Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for all of you. I have on Zoom with me right now, Teo Pendulous, and he he plays on Days of Our Lives as the very amazing Andre DeMera and currently... Tony Demera. Hey, Teo, how are you doing today? Well, first thing I want to ask you, where did you get that title for Slasher? What is that? So I am a big horror movie fan. And when I originally started the podcast, I was interviewing uh, like, you know, people from horror movies, like the classic 80s, Friday the 13th, Halloween and all that stuff. And uh, I just that's how I started. And then I kind of wanted to branch out. My dad, who passed away last August, he uh, mentioned to me, he's like, why don't you branch out a little bit? Why don't you reach out to some Days of Our Lives stars and all that? And you love watching Days and interview some other actors and musicians and authors. And I'm like, sure, why not? <laughs> uh, well, that's a good reason, is any. How old yeah. was your father when he died? Uh, he was fifty-eight. He was going to be fifty-nine four days later after he passed. Uh, he had brain cancer for five years. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. yeah. It was it was tough, and his anniversary is coming up, and his birthday obviously is coming up. So yeah, it's it's a little hard. My mom's still not over it, and she's still having a hard time with it. And it, it's been a tough couple of years. Yeah. Yes. Well, it takes years to overcome this. I mean, you don't you have one father, so. Yeah, absolutely. So the first question I do got for you, how did you get your start into acting? I was all by accident, actually. Um, I, I, I left Australia because I didn't um, want to live there anymore. Uh, I want to explore. So I, I realized that I planted a seed about my journeys that I initially took so many over the years. But um, I couldn't go back to Australia without having some kind of a success because they all would have pointed and said, there you are, you see, we told you you'd fail. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what I was going to do. I went into a lot of different uh, careers, but they're all, all of those things that I did in my 20s really uh, became part of my being mm-hmm. and as an actor. So I realized that uh, once I succeeded, I, I was able to go home, but I, I didn't realize at the time that the journeys that I chose were really mm-hmm. about feeding the work, because every time I took a journey, I came back stronger, full, because I had begun to see other cultures. And so um, so I, I began with Egypt and then Greece and Italy. And so I went to a lot of countries, but more than once, because um, some countries with great cultures, um, you have to go back to discover new things that you hadn't seen the last time because people go away and they go as tourists and I didn't I went really to study uh, what I didn't know about myself and about those cultures and how we were able to come together some like Morocco was not a particularly uh, a great parallel but it still alerted me on how to travel because it was a tricky country when I traveled at the time Um, the same thing with Egypt but I learned how to get around um the nooks and crannies of <laughs> of those cultures, but it came back, and that's uh, I realized that I became an actor because I thought I'd make enough money to take mm-hmm. the journeys, and so um, I studied with very good teachers in New York. Um, still not realizing that that was going to be my career. I was just hoping I would yeah. succeed, because people always tell you actors don't. You know, not many actors succeed and have a career mm-hmm. at it. But anyway, here I am with days forty years later, and. Yeah. I mean, amongst other things, but yeah, it's, it, you know, to me, it's all about um, what you put up here, mm-hmm. you know, and then how you see it, you know. Um, I was telling my nephews recently, um, 
in order to progress in life, take it out of your head and put it on paper. That's a form of action. So I, I, they were here recently and I just got back from another journey mm-hmm. and um, I went to explore Ulysses with archeologists, um, the, the new discoveries of Ulysses. And um, so I went to Greece. First I went to Vienna and I'd never been to Austria. And I, I kept thinking about the Second World War uh, it's, it's a magnificent city, but, you know, um, Hitler was from uh, Salzburg. And so yeah. I, th- I always find that really interesting because it was hard to believe what man does to man. But yeah. uh, and then I, I went to Greece and so I just got back and went straight into work. Nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know that uh, that we um, talked a little bit before uh, you your trip and you said, I'm going to be back from Greece at this date. So uh, hit, hit me up when I come back. And I'm like, absolutely. I can't wait. Like we've been talking about making this interview happen for quite, about at least a year or two now. Yeah, sorry about that. All those delays, you know, no also because of the COVID situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very careful about going out. But at the same time, I, I was finding out. Uh, new ideas that I started to write. And so um, it's just sometimes if you don't have anything to say, then then don't. And yeah. I, I wasn't ready to because uh, we had come off a very serious year in 2020 yeah. and 2021. Um, and so I hadn't explored anything further because of the journey mm-hmm. of traveling was so difficult. So as soon as I could, I went for the first time uh, uh, since 2019, actually. Awesome. So now I've got a new journey and I'm going home for Christmas, it seems. Because awesome. uh, eventually I think I'm going to end up retiring in Australia. Oh, okay. That's yeah. awesome. Now, um, obviously, you mentioned uh, you started days 40 or so, you know, 40 or 40. so years ago. Yeah. yeah. So, how did that start come to be? How did you get brought onto Days of Our Lives? Uh, it was really Pat Falcon Smith. Um, I had just finished the movie Altered States. And then there was another project, and then that had to be held because there was the writer strike. The lasted uh, actor strike, I should say, for nine nine months. Okay. So there's nothing but soaps available, and so somebody mm-hmm. invited me uh, to meet with Gloria Monti. I auditioned for the Cassidines, didn't get it, <laughs> and but she remembered. So when the the guy who got it, who was Dutch, uh, turned out to be on the weaker side as an actor. She said, we need a stronger uh, brother. And so that's how I was brought. She called me and I went in. But I was, you know, the thing was, I was going to, I was the only actor of those 30 actors who were there for that summer storyline of Luke and Laura that survived. And Mm -hmm. so she said, she called me in the office and she she Mm -hmm. said, uh, so what's it like to be the only actor who's going to survive this whole thing? We want you back. And I said, oh, okay, thank you. So I went out out to Andre Lanzat and he was in tears because he was just told by Gloria Monty, <laughs> I, I can't use the language, um, but uh, he, he said, but what about my fans? Mm-hmm. And so she said, basically, screw your fans. And, and that was it. And wow. she was that cold. And, but then Pat Falkensmith was uh, moving on to Days of Our Lives. <laughs> so she called me over. And so I tested with four other actors and it was Gloria Loring who chose me uh, as her partner on the show. And that's how it started. And it was Pat Fulton Smith that created the Castines and created the Demeris. 
Nice, nice. Absolutely. And the head honcho of the Demera, Stefano Demera, you know, God rest, Joseph Mascolo's uh, soul. Well, I mean, yeah, absolutely. What was it like working with him? Well, you know, we studied together at Milton Kinsella Studio, uh, the Beverly Hills Playhouse for a number of years. And so they said, we're going to bring your father in. And I said, oh, I have an idea for an actor. <laughs> and they said, who? And I said, Joe Mascolo. So they brought him in and he became my daddy. Nice. And uh, so it was, I think that's why we work so well together is because we came from the same schooling and yeah. uh, interpretation of things and also very professional and uh, had a lot of passion. Nice. Um, it's not the same today as we had. Uh, I always thought that the Demeras, in contrast to the Hortons is that you had the Anglo-Saxon look compared to the ethnic look mm -hmm. and that's what brought clashes because it was different yep. the Horton's uh, passion was more in uh, quietly expressed right. or in the head whereas the Demaris, you know we were all over the place I mean yeah. <laughs> and if I didn't behave daddy would slap me so um you know so it was great but um I miss him yeah even though we have the portrait and I had just done a scene um talking to him and it just, it, it's hard to believe he's gone, but you know, yeah. he, it was a hard transition for him, but he was uh, a lovely actor to work with. He gave you back, you know, some actors don't pass the ball. He was one who did. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'll be going into one of my favorite storylines in a little bit, but before I get into that, and that's gonna maybe test your memory, we'll see. Um, but uh, I do have a, uh, I wanna know what your favorite storyline you were involved in, that you were ever involved in. What was yours? The Clown. The clown. <laughs> yes. Because I, I, I don't know why. I just as an actor, not as a person, um, mm -hmm. but as an actor, it was always great to disturb others. You know, it always <laughs> gave me the upper hand because I had a lot of tricks up my sleeve. Yeah. Once I had uh, been trained well with tone of voice and movement uh, in my early years, and then it stayed with me. Mm -hmm. And so when somebody else would come on to work with Andre, um, I always saved some little secrets for the take. I never gave it all in rehearsal. Mm -hmm. So that always put me on the upper hand. So you've got to have all this because it's a fast process and you have to understand the technique behind doing mm -hmm. daytime. Absolutely. Um, I know that uh, I started watching days. One time I was home from sick from school, as the kids say, sick from school. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was 1995 and I was maybe six, seven, something like that. And uh, I was watching, my mom was watching um, Days on TV and uh, it was the Marlena Possession storyline uh, with oh, the devil. Yeah. And I remember her turning into a panther that day and I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. So my mom's like, do you want to watch it? I'm like, sure. So I watched it and I'm like, I made her tape every episode back when we had VHS tapes, made her tape uh, every single episode. And that leads to my favorite storyline. Believe it or not, it isn't the devil possession, it's the Salem Stalker. Oh, I loved that storyline. I, Why? I Why oh, obviously Slasher Scotty. I'm a big Slasher fan. And, you know, Marlena was the killer. She looked kind of like Jason at the hockey mask. And I, I it was very suspenseful because we never knew who the next the next person was going to be. You couldn't believe it. Like you had Abe, you had Roman, you had Maggie, Caroline, like all these bigger named stars were getting killed off. And I was always shocked and fascinated by that. And then they all turned up to be alive on Molossowin. That was the last bit of thought. I don't think that was part of the plan. I, I think this writer wanted to get rid of a lot of the iconic actors so he mm -hmm. could saddle all afresh. 
a new mm. day of our lives, but I don't think this, the fans would have stood for it. Yeah, uh, I agree. They said, you know, those, those who watch our show like the vets because mm -hmm. in many ways we grew up with them. Yeah. And, and some, you know, we influenced, especially someone who, who was iconic like uh, Deirdre Hall. Mm -hmm. A lot of women looked up to her because she was very stoic. She presented herself well. Um, yeah. And each one, Anna was, you know, beautiful. Anna was always mm -hmm. dressed well and, and had a wonderful sense of humor. So each of those characters brought something to the canvas. And, um, yeah. but it was, uh, I remember Sasha's story because I, uh, right after we'd finished, I, I went to Israel for the first time. Okay. And NBC sent me over there to also do an interview because uh, Days was very big. Uh, mm -hmm. And also because I had done Mission Impossible, and so Mission was very big in, in Israel mm -hmm. as well. So um, when I was doing the interview, the woman said, so who's the slasher? And I said, oh, I can't tell you that. I said, well, wait there. Uh, how far ahead will this interview be? And she said, oh, it's not for another three months. And I said, oh, okay. I, I, between us, I can tell you. Silly me, believing this woman was going to be, you know, ethical says it to somebody and then somebody else says it and the next thing you know it it's all a splash uh, across the, the the pages of magazines and oh, Tara Penglis admits that it's Deidre Hall is the slash or something well I came back to NBC not knowing that I had created this chaos James Riley was so upset with me that I revealed story I was called up to the producer's office I thought oh this, maybe this is the end and and I, I went up and he said he said, how could you have gone and told them who the story, how it ends and who's the killer? How could you have done that to us? Were you, because you were leaving the show at the time, were you trying to ruin days? I said, you think I went all the way to Israel to ruin days? Are you, are you serious? I said, and I told him the story. So he slapped my hand and that was it. But oh. <laughs> so I, I learned a lesson like we all do, uh, right. hopefully that sometimes you have to know who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely, because you talked about Carson. Um, yeah. So, you know, you, you have yep. to know what to reveal. And yep, because if... The audience even keeping the audience mm -hmm. still interested. Yep, because if, I mean, if Carson was talking to somebody else, they might not have edited that out at all. But I'm not that type of person to sabotage. So I was, I mean, I don't do live interviews. That's good of you. But that's yeah. why people would come back to you because they trust your yep. situation, you know. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So how far into the storyline did you know that Deidre was the killer? Because she was revealed during your death scene. Um, you know, when you called up, you always know that there's a problem when the mm -hmm. producer calls you up to his office and then suddenly he presses a button on his desk and the doors close behind you. And I went, <laughs> oh, this is ominous. Um, I said, is, are we having a problem? Yeah, we have to kill you off. We're going to kill you off. Um, the thing is, I was killed off such tragic ways. It was never like I went up the stairs and disappeared like some other actors have. No, yeah. I had to get I had the spike through my heart. I had to be attacked by the lion. You know, it was all those things and it was all, and I'm getting someone doesn't like me, I think. Um, but anyway, I came back and after that, but um, it, it was, it's not an easy thing uh, to die that many times. And right. then after a while you're going, you know what? It's just story. And you know that you come back like I have 
And so yeah. each writer has a different interpretation. And, and uh, but, you know, you just adjust to those things. Yeah. As an actor, uh, you know, you don't. Yeah. Oh, and as we know, everybody in, in on days, if they die, they don't come, they don't stay dead. <laughs> well, you know, they say, I started that, you know, and I hate now that people say, oh, they're not really dead on days. Right. Well, sometimes they are. Yeah, you know, that is true. I mean, don't, I, I don't really take that for granted. Yep. But I mean, I, I mentioned Paige, the character Paige, who's uh, played by True O'Brien. She never came back, you know, so there no. are some people that stay dead. Um, yeah. re regarding Horton the Tiger, I mean, he was the one that, uh, you know, attacked you. Um, now, was that a, I, I'm assuming that wasn't a real tiger. I'm assuming that was CGI. What <laughs> <laughs> I remember is there was a tiger in the, in the studio oh. in a cage. Oh, uh, interesting. So uh, having to be attacked by it, um, I can't tell you how they did it. I like right. to see what yeah. no how it was but oh my god to have you know they've got the camera right in your face and you're seeing these claws coming down it was not an easy sequence mm -hmm. they never are those those especially with james riley they're always a spectacular you know it was a circus like the time when they were going to mm -hmm. uh, uh during the time of the circus i i stepped out and they had all this blood in a big bucket above me 40 feet above and when I stepped out, that would, was going to pour down on my head and my body. And it was the, the blood of uh, the, then the tiger would attack. Mm -hmm. Well, what they realized was if that blood came pouring down from 40 feet below, that hat would have cut my ears off. So just as we were about to shoot it, a voice screamed out, don't move. <laughs> <laughs> And so when I did it, I, uh, I stepped out, I took the hat off and then, you know, you can't anticipate, but you know, there's a, a bucket, full bucket of blood coming down on you, which is mm -hmm. made from sugar. And you <laughs> cannot believe where it sticks. Mm -hmm. And then you have to stay around. It was the most uncomfortable eight hours that I yeah. ever had. But what you didn't see in the scene was, as I stepped out with the blood, I slipped on my ass. I've done that a few times in my life. But anyway, that was that was one of the one of the things that took place, and I had to get up again and and uh, redo it. Oh wow, that's crazy! So um, we know that uh, Abigail Devereaux was just killed off on the show. Um, Marcy Miller obviously left the show. Um, so what were your initial reactions when you found out that this legacy character was going to be killed off? You know, it's interesting with with her, one of the loveliest actresses I've ever worked with, very talented, very attractive woman, and and just has such humility. And all those qualities is what makes her such a good actress. Yeah. Um, and I decided one day that as Andre, I needed to show my heart because I was always so dark or shadowy. <laughs> so I thought I'd choose her. I thought she would be the good character. So when I did scenes with her, I became a little closer, a little more open with her. I didn't realize that then uh, Ron was, I'd heard, has said that she needs to kill someone in her unconscious state when she was going through that all about Eve sequence. Yeah. And he says, the one that she would, would hurt her the most is to kill Andre because they were so close. And I thought, yeah. isn't that interesting? The thing I chose as an actor, 
to bring me close and show my character more mm-hmm. deeply is the thing that got me killed. Right. Oh, she, I saw her last night. Um, I have a picture here. I should show nice. you a photograph. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, of last night with, um, Oh, that's, that's a, up a little more. Yep. Oh, that's that's such a good picture. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? That's awesome. That is a beautiful picture. I love that. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. So I want to, um, you're the first to see it, actually. Nice. Uh, thank you. <laughs> a premiere on your show. Uh, <laughs> no, we, uh, no, I said kind of goodbyes in a way, but then I thought, you know, I'd love to have her over for dinner and she's married to a terrific guy mm-hmm. and um she's just you know you just can't don't meet those types yeah. of actors anymore yeah uh, and she's so I'm, I'm very sad that she's leaving but as ron yeah. said um she could be back so you she could know. be she could but, be you know, she's got a baby you know how it is yeah. mothers and their children you're first you know what i mean she wants yeah. to nurture and yeah so that's what they're doing. Yeah. Absolutely. And the day schedule is so hard, especially for, you know, a, a new mother, you know what I mean? Who has a, a baby, you know, it's, 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 it is a tough schedule. And speaking of that, can you elaborate what that schedule is like? Well, it used to be worse to me because we used to get up at four 30 in the morning, be at the studio mm-hmm. six and all morning we would rehearse and then um, block it and then come back after lunch and shoot it. And, Excuse me. Uh, some days were, uh, especially when I'm playing double characters. But mm-hmm. now it's different. Uh, I shouldn't say the other was more difficult. This is probably to most actors. If you haven't been trained the way we were trained, where we were mm-hmm. able to stay in ourselves, you know, uh, like if you had a call because of COVID too. Uh, like if I had a call at seven thirty mm-hmm. um, and I hadn't been in for a week or so, I would have to do a two-hour test. Yeah. I would have to stay in my dressing room, um, yeah. but that would give me an opportunity to go over the lines on my own. Mm-hmm. We can't rehearse in dressing rooms like we used to. Uh, some of the actors and I will go outside and we'll do it mm-hmm. where it's safe. But then you, the toughest part is you get on stage. They give you the blocking really fast. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how much we remember. And then you use the language to make the moves, justify the moves. Okay. And so sometimes if the moves don't justify themselves, the directors are open enough to say, you know, you can say, you know, I'd rather do it this way. And, and they're very good about it. Yeah. Um, but it's so fast and they love you when you do it in one take. So what you see most of the time um, is actors who've had one quick rehearsal in which the cameras are also directed at the same time. And then you do the take. So the other day I had 14 scenes back to back. Wow. Wow. And um, I think I made uh, one mistake uh, Mm -hmm. and there was a change in in between because there were two shows back to back. Uh, That's not easy, Um, but you know, I, I have to study and learn a script four times before I think I know it wow. because it leaves you as quickly as you learn it. Yeah. Some people can do it overnight. Uh, I need to go beyond the lines Yeah, because a lot of people just will go, yeah. they know the lines and they just do it. The old training is justify uh, your action. What is your mm-hmm. subtext and how do you come into the scene? 
yeah. what's going on before. So you have all those things to deal with, yeah. as, as we did of the old school. Yeah. And that's how I presented. Absolutely. I mean, I'm an actor in the indie acting industry and I own a small independent production company myself. And I know how hard it is to memorize a script and just goes to show how talented you and all the cast members are uh, at Days of Our Lives. Just, uh, you know, get and it's not like you're memorizing just like one you know script or whatever. Like, you know, you have you film multiple days in, in, a, in one day. Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember one one week I shot 11 shows. Wow. Yeah. So when you go at nighttime and they do four pages mm-hmm. and you think actors go, oh my God, this is so difficult. And then you go, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I tried doing 40 pages that day. Yeah. Um, you know, Billy and, and Dan on the show, mm-hmm. they're, they're very good. Peter's so. a champion at it. <laughs> uh, but it's really, it's not so much talent. Certainly the talent is how you execute it. Yeah. But the talent is not about memorization because that's like a muscle. Yeah. You expand the memory and therefore mm-hmm. you collect your lines. The talent lies in the way you take it off the page Absolutely. and then you, you express it. And so, you you know, you don't want to be in routine. Mm-hmm. Actors after a while get in routine, so they think they're enough. Yeah. And to me, if I'm not crazy about the scene, I, you know, you also say, well, how am I going to, what am mm-hmm. I going to wear for this scene? Right. be a good color on the set you know so dan, uh, dan and i uh who plays ej we had some uh big scenes the other day and uh and b- both of us you know i realized we're both australians and so we both went back and forth and and he's very easy to work with nice he's a lovely guy um but you know they're we're all different demaras i mean yeah you look at all, all the different types uh sometimes i'd like to see you know a real Italian, come on, mm-hmm. married, you know, someone <laughs> ethnic who's got that kind of passion. Yeah, but, absolutely. It, it, it's hard to recast a character and for them to adapt quickly. And I know EJ is a recast and Dan is doing an amazing job as EJ. Absolutely brilliant. Like he's really doing a good job and I really enjoy his scenes and Billy's killing it with the, you know, the grieving storyline with, you yeah, know, I didn't see this. how were they? They came out really good. Like he, he does, he should do put, uh, put those into the Emmys next year. Cause he would. Guarantee oh, sure he will. Yeah. But I noticed last night that in the Emmys uh, for actor and actress, every actor whose scene was submitted mm-hmm. had tears. So yeah. there's a there's a thing about I don't know why <laughs> actors to me who cry just easily is not particularly interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I find the trick behind it is to not let the tears spill out, but mm-hmm. hold back so that yeah. the audience feels for you. Once yep. you spill them out, then the scene's basically done. It's the yep. release of the anguish that you're going through. Yeah. So I just thought it's interesting that people think if you cry, therefore you you're really a good actor because I know actors who cry are not very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that seems to be what yeah. they think. And I remember last night I turned to Deidre. I said, did you notice that every scene had tears? And she goes, I was just thinking the same thing. So, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he flipped on like a switch, like moment he would just be crying and then he would be angry, like the real stages of grief, which made mm. it so much more real. Yeah. And 
even like I didn't watch Friday's episode yet. I was gonna watch that at, probably when I eat after I'm done the interview. Um, but uh, I I watched on I think it was Thursday's episode. Like he was just there. Like he wasn't even crying. He wasn't sleeping. He was just sitting there gazing down like towards the, the the ground and just laying on the couch overnight. And it looked like he was just so depressed. And he pulled it off. It made me feel for him. You know the other thing about him, he's he's a terrific human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy is. Uh, yeah. You know, he's one of my favorites, and uh, yeah. we have a good relationship. Didn't start mm-hmm. out that way. It was a little bit of a clash. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think I represented a, a male adult to him and yeah. who would say things to him, and he would say, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, but once we got to know each other uh, and the changes he's gone through and since he's had a baby, I mean, yeah. I cannot tell you what a, uh, an amazing uh, yeah. young man he's become. And evolved and generous and really sweet human being. Mm-hmm. Carson's the same. Danny's the same too. So the Demeras mm-hmm. are really a bunch of nice, nice yeah. guys. Yeah. Uh, and also Brandon is also a very nice guy, mm-hmm. you know, and the Jay character who's now yeah. become Stefan. Um, I think, um, you know, I can't follow everybody's storyline unless you're in mm-hmm. it. You know, yeah. we have more time to look at your storyline. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would love to interview Billy someday. Like he's, he's just one of those guys that seems like a, a a very stand up, you know, very charming, amazing guy. Like he's really, uh, really seems like a cool dude. Yeah, he is. Absolutely. Everything you say he is. Absolutely. So, um, obviously you currently play Tony. Um, you have played Andre obviously in the past, even more recently with cars, you know, the whole devil storyline. Oh yeah. Which did is you really like cool. Huh? Did you like those sequences? I did. I, I, I was at first I was thinking this can't be Tony. There's no way Tony's coming in here. I'm thinking this is a trick. It's gonna be Andre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. They were not easy scenes because when you're when the actor and the, or the two actors in the second sequence mm-hmm. um, are, are there and they stand there and, and they don't move. And you have to do all the, and I had all the dialogue mm-hmm. and trying to do that. And we did all that stuff in one take, actually. Nice, nice. That's so, awesome. So good. And how do you turn on the Andre personality as opposed to the Tony personality? Yeah. My voice goes deeper, if you notice with Andre. Yeah. And, and then at the same time, there's a side of me that says, I'm going to disturb these people. Yeah. And then that's where the dark side, like you like slasher movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a big fan of horror movies. Um, uh, they they don't. When it's all over, it's like a bad ride. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm more into historical stories and yeah. romantic stories, uh, mm-hmm. comedy. Yeah, but um, I just once I got into the uniform that I consider the costume of the actor, yeah. the actor, uh, then suddenly something turns. I don't know mm-hmm. what become, but it's. It's Machiavellian, yeah. And at the same time, um, you've got some tricks up your sleeve that's going to scare the daylight. Whether you have or not, you right. have to use that as subject. And so um, that's what I do. So it's the voice, the manipulation of the voice and the attitude is what makes the differentiation mm-hmm. of the two. Absolutely, and that was actually my question: was how do you kind of be? How do you kind of go from Tony to Andre back to Tony? Like, how do you do that? Well, I thought the hardest one was when Deidre was having a dream and, and, and in the dream was uh, Christian Alfonso and myself. Mm-hmm. And then Andre came into the picture. And then on either, 
It was like the old days. Andre mm. was on one side, Tony was on another. Mm-hmm. And how do you, you shoot all the Andre stuff first and then you turn around and change and then you shoot the Tony stuff. Right. <laughs> but what's coming at you is not Andre so much. It's the stage manager reading the lines. Mm-hmm. So that to sustain the intention is very difficult. Yeah. And so you, and you know, the first thing the fans are going to do is, oh, that's the same person. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that over the years the fans have, uh, the audience has believed that these are mm-hmm. two different men, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know, uh, obviously, you're not allowed to give any information away of what's to come. Because we, we, yeah, we already know that. But uh, but do you have any teasers for when you return to days, like any hints, any one word of like like cryptic messages? You know, a lot of times, when I, I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt. Uh, a lot of the times uh, when Tony was off the canvas or Andre, it's because mm-hmm. they died. Mm-hmm. Um I used to say, why can't I go upstairs uh, just like Susan Hayes and Bill Hayes? They go upstairs and they disappear for a while. So now Ron has me and Anna going away on, on trips. And I thought, oh, because when we come back, we're, we're exhausted. Or Anna's complaining about the flying or whatever it is, you know, that she goes through. Um, but that's where we were. I said, oh, that's where we were. Okay. And where did we go? Zurich. Oh, okay. Um, whatever the country <laughs> was. But suddenly... Um, that's that's the way um, our exits uh, come together with our entrances, mm-hmm. and in that space of time, uh, he took us off the canvas, which is great mm-hmm. because after all these years, it's kind of nice to be fresh when you come back. Yeah, you know, as opposed to every day, every day, every day. When you're younger, it's it's different. You know? right. But when you know what where the truth lies, you know, we're older. Um, you don't respond as quickly sometimes. Mm-hmm. You're not as inspired, and that's why you right. know, when I took these journeys, I said, that is the trick to it all, is go and see how other people live and bring back that within yeah. and express it through the character I'm playing. Nice. Absolutely. That, that, that's, that's amazing. And Leanne, she, does, she just cracks me up. <laughs> she just cracks me up. Yeah, she's a wonderful human being. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's interesting how uh, she and I, you know, some people you meet and, uh, mm-hmm. but how do you have, how do you have chemistry with someone you didn't know before? Yeah. And I know originally it was with uh, John Delancey. Mm-hmm. They were matching her with John Delancey and that didn't click. And then somehow mm-hmm. um, we got together and, and yeah. that history is known. And, uh, and through all of that, you know, she was a, she was a real Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, anchor for me, yeah. Uh, because uh, I would always get irritated with things or uh, <laughs> agitated. But I use that for the scene. Sometimes I will set up mm-hmm. myself to be agitated and then use that to in the scene. So sometimes you don't even realize that you that you create your own subtext without even yeah planning it. Absolutely, so wonderful. Absolutely. So the last question I do got for you is basically about you. Do you have anything you'd like to promote to the listening and viewing audience? Uh, well, I've, I've got something in the works that looks mm-hmm. really good. And I've got my podcast that I've recorded uh, four segments. Uh, it's a trilogy uh, I'm doing. Um, it's about, it's called The Lost Treasures. And it's about um, walking. I'll give you an idea. I was in Alexandria in Egypt 
And I remember reading, there was a man by the name of Schliemann, who was an archaeologist in the, in the mm -hmm. 19, 1860s. And he had heard that Alexander the Great's tomb mm -hmm. was um, somewhere buried beneath this mosque called the Daniel mm -hmm. Mosque. But they wouldn't allow him to excavate because it was sacrilegious to them. So I thought, when I went to Alexandria, I said, I'm going to go and look at this mosque. So I went in and the gentleman who was the keeper of the mosques said to me, because it was a 19th century mosque, he said, how right. can I help you? So I gave him $20. I said, I'll tell you how you can help me. Show me your, your mosque. And when I told him about Schliemann, he didn't, he didn't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. But suddenly I discovered there was a big hole in the middle of the room. Oh. And I said, what? What happened there? He said, the floor collapsed. And I said, really? What happened? He says, I think it was part of it, the shaking of an earthquake or something, and it collapsed. And I said, what's beneath it? He says, do you want to see it? And I said, yes. So he gets a ladder, and I climb. I, in, in 10 seconds, I go from 21st century Alexandria wow. to 1st century Alexandria in 10 seconds. Wow. So the stories of mine, of these lost treasures, is being able to be a modern man going mm. through ancient territories nice. and finding the lost treasures. Nice. So that's what I'm doing. Awesome. Sounds like a plan. You have anything yeah. else that you want to promote? Um, well, I'm, I'm still writing my third book. Okay. Um, I think they're going to be short stories because okay. I like telling stories. I'd like to go back to my one-man show, but I'll mm -hmm. see what's available with days this year. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and that's it for now. Nice. I mean, it's taken me, I mean, to do the journey I just did, uh, the reason I took it, because all my stories was because of the modern man walking through ancient territories. And I said, right. on this particular story, I hadn't. And I didn't want to do it intellectually mm -hmm. because I read about it. I wanted to be able to be really there about yeah. what I'm uh, writing about. And it's a great yeah. story. And it's, it's a new story of an ancient tale. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. So let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Does that type of thing of ancient territories and the discovery of treasures, does that appeal to you? I actually really like the ancient history. Um, that was probably one of my favorite parts of a history or a uh, geography type of class because I'm not oh. a big history buff. I'm, I don't know. I'm ashamed to say it, but I don't know a lot about American history or world history, but I love learning about ancient civilizations like King Tut and Cleopatra and, you know, Alexander the Great and all that stuff. I love learning about ancient Rome and ancient, you know, Egypt and all that stuff. I love that type of uh, love that type of content. How old are you, may I ask? I'll be 33 in December. Ah, okay. Yep. You look like 15. But anyway, <laughs> uh, let me say this to you. Just by having that interest mm -hmm. and, and recognizing there have been cultures before you, mm -hmm. just expands you as a human being. Yeah, it, it really does. Your questions, it broadens your insights. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, when I do lectures to actors and that, journeys mm -hmm. are so important because yep. we are interpreters of life. Yeah. And in the way you see it and the way you've experienced it makes you that much more viable mm -hmm. to what yeah. it is you're portraying. So, yeah, absolutely. I do like that kind of thing because when yeah. I finally put out my podcast, mm -hmm. I, it's interesting to see because you, you do want the young um, mm -hmm. to be part of the, 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 the whole picture yeah. rather than your, you know, your, your singers mm -hmm. 
uh, who love being told stories because they can listen and sit still rather Absolutely. than better going on outside. So Absolutely. I, I think it's important because uh, I find, you know, we're too distracted and everything these days is all about making it quick. Let's move forward. And yeah. to me, that's not progress. Yeah, that's, I completely that's, agree. That's, that's aiming for, um, uh, what, what would I call it? I suppose I would say um, going to it's supermarket values. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's in and it's fast and it's over. But you know, we were brought up on people who took their time. That's mm-hmm. why the history exists. That's why these landmarks of, of, of our business exist. Mm-hmm. People took time. We're fortunate, mm-hmm. but those who just run over it, because I showed a group of young actors, Lawrence of Arabia, right. greatness, and their comment was, it's a bit slow. Mm-hmm. And that tells me that their mind doesn't have the patience to see life evolving because mm-hmm. life's long until it gets short. Yeah. When you look at that, you have to understand there are stages of life. And so, yes, absolutely. Know, and it's you funny have, that you, you said that to. I'm, and it's funny that you said I'm almost 15, that I look like I'm 15 because uh, I was at Applebee's last night um, and I got a cocktail and they, they carded me. Oh, I see. <laughs> I'm thinking I, I'm almost, I'm, you know, I'm in my thirties and I'm getting carded. <laughs> <laughs> well listen stay young stay fresh stay young but absolutely well i thank you so much Tao, for uh, joining okay. me this, uh today it's really been an honor i'm a huge fan of yours uh check out Tao. he has been back filming at days so check him out um on days of our lives nbc check your local listings um i thank you again so much Tao. it's been an honor me too thank you yeah, very much you have a great rest of your day you too all right bye bye